So, as I said last time, as I record this, the Queen of England is being laid to rest and honored, which has us thinking a bit about eternal things. C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for this present world are just the ones who thought the most of the next. And it's true. Just think about all the martyrs. Think about all those who sacrificed. Why did they sacrifice so much? Because they knew that this world was not their home. Read Hebrews chapter 11. The heroes of the faith. Why are they heroes of the faith? Because they were living for another country, not this world. He continues, it is since Christians have, it is since Christians have largely, largely ceased to think of the other world that they've become so ineffective in this one. Aim at heaven, he writes, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, you get neither. Malcolm Ruggers, that great English writer of the 20th century, said the only ultimate disaster that can befall us is to feel ourselves to be at home here on earth. How home, at home do you feel here on earth? The older I get, the less at home I feel. How about you? Think a little bit about heaven and hell. The last time we said, the one thing about heaven is, heaven is 100% Jesus. Heaven is not a place of self-centeredness. Heaven is not going to be that place of self-indulgence. When I get to heaven, I get I have this imagination that I get to heaven and everybody serves me. That I get to heaven and it's like, heaven's this one big movie and there are other people in it, but it's really ultimately about me. But the reality of heaven is 100% about God and his glory. Heaven is great joy, 100% joy, because it's 100% consumed by the sovereignty of Christ. Hell, by the way, is 100% about us. If you're looking for a place that's about you, you will feel comfortable with hell. C.S. Lewis developed this picture in so many of his different books. He once essentially said that heaven is that place. You see this in the Chronicles of Narnia of further up, further into joy, further into God, further into life that is really life. Hell, on the other hand, he describes as the opposite. It is an everlasting movement away from God, away from life. In fact, C.S. Lewis' picture of hell is a place where everybody gets what they want individually. They get to focus on themselves personally. It ends up being a place of complete isolation because everybody is so consumed with himself or herself. Each person doesn't want to be around somebody else because if somebody else is around, the focus isn't completely on the individual, me. Lewis says, hell is a state of mind Uh, Those are true words. He said, in every state of mind left to itself, every shutting up of the creature within the dungeon of its own mind is, in the end, hell. But heaven is not a state of mind. Heaven is reality itself. All that is fully real is heavenly. 
for all that can be shaken will be shaken, and only what is unshaken will remain. Again, from Hebrews chapter 11. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that hell is God's judgment, but ultimately it's a self-inflicted wound. Lewis, again, said that hell, the doors of hell are locked on the inside, from the inside. I think that's true. In other words, there are two ways to live. One way to live is to bow your knee every day and say, Lord, your will be done. The other way to live is to live by saying, my will be done. Now, none of us does that purely one way or the other. But if we really understand heaven and we really understand hell, and hell, heaven is that place that is 100% Jesus, and hell is that place that's 100% us, then, then to live as the heavenly is to live by saying, thy will be done. And to live a hellish life is to live by saying, my will be done. See, this is the sad commentary on the lostness of our of, of, of people around us who feel like they're going to find life in saying, it's my life, it's my body, it's my time, it's my money, it's my, my, my. And they never find themselves happy because that approach to happiness is insatiable. Um, it's the... It's a hellish approach of life. Think about how Jesus lived. Jesus lived, thy will be done. Did that take him to the cross? Sure, but it led to the resurrection and great victory as well. Well, in the Old Testament, the psalmist wrote um, that he would rather live one day as a servant in the household of God than a thousand elsewhere. See, on the other hand, some people would rather be kings in their own kingdoms for this vapor of this life of this world than to be servants in the kingdom of God. And for people who would rather be kingdoms in their own kingdom, and they've lived that way all their lives, they've developed their appetite in that direction, then the Christian theology is that there is no heaven that God could make for them that would be heaven for them. Because for somebody who's lived for their own kingdom and their own way and their own mind and their own sovereignty all their lives, then when they come to the end of life and God says, here's your choice. Do you want to live in a place that's all about you and your kingdom? Or do you want to live in a place that is 100% Jesus, 100% worship of God, 100% the glory of God. And there would be some people that would just rather be kings in their own kingdom than servants in the kingdom of God. There is no heaven that God could create for them where they would feel at home. And so it is that hell, the doors of hell are locked from the inside. People choose hell. So how does this recalibrate our thinking about heaven and how we live today? Heaven will be that place that is so great that we cannot imagine, and it will be a great place so great we can't imagine because it is 100% 
Jesus, 100% devotion to Jesus, obedience to Jesus, sovereignty of Jesus, glory of Jesus. Nowhere in the Bible does it indicate that you and I will be the center of attention in eternity. Heaven is not the place of self-centeredness. Heaven is the place where all glory belongs to God. Like fans celebrating the victory of a Super Bowl and they celebrate the team for their victory and yet at the same time they celebrate that they get to be part of the victory because of the victory of the team. So heaven is this place of great victory and we celebrate the one who gives us the victory. As Revelation 9, 4 says, we cast our crowns we have great victory. We've got the crowns, but we cast them before the one who gives us the victory. Heaven matters because our view of heaven determines our view of earth. There is that relationship between today and eternity. That's why C.S. Lewis says if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for this present world are the ones who thought the most of the next. That means we sacrifice and we serve today for eternity. That's why the Apostle Paul would say, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. There is now in store for me that crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, but not only to me, but also to all who've longed for his appearing. There's a crown of righteousness. There is no sacrifice ever made for the glory of God that God does not see and love and reward. Jesus himself would say, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you, and slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and dare to be bold for him, you can expect that others will insult you for that name. But Jesus says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, take note, your reward is great in heaven for this, in this way. This is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets as well. But notice Jesus says, rejoice in that day because your reward in heaven is great. And the greater the sacrifice here in this world, the greater the obedience in this world, I believe the greater the reward in heaven. Not because God is doing payback, I think because relationally, the greater the sacrifice, the, the greater the service, the closer the relationship with God, the greater the appreciation we will have for God in eternity. Our experience will be different. Second, we focus on God's glory now because heaven will be God's glory. If to be in hell is to be consumed by self, heaven is to be consumed with God then think about the implications for how we live today. Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So today we pray like heaven is real and prayer is preparation for eternity. And we read the Bible because heaven is real and we want to hear from eternity and walk consistently with the one who made us for him, who is eternal life, whom to know aright, Jesus said, is eternal life. Sundays, we worship 
Because worship, gathering, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be a bunch of individuals praying to God privately. Not even going to be a small group praying to God privately. It's going to be masses of people worshiping. And when we worship together, it is a foretaste of eternity. Sunday worship is a priority because heaven is our home. And so it means we're faithful in obedience because soon this world will pass away. And heaven is real. And great is your reward for obedience. The Queen of England is buried today. She had a great life. <clears throat> 96 years, 70 years as sovereign of England. But now it's a vapor, it's gone, it's over. Never be experienced by her again. What does that tell us about what matters? What is your view of heaven? How does it influence your attitude, priorities, sacrifices today? Malcolm Unger says, the only ultimate disaster that can befall us, I've come to realize, is to feel like we are at home here on earth. If you're feeling like you're not home here on earth, that's good. Make your home in heaven. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for this present world are just the same ones as those who lived the most for the eternal home. Heavenly Father, make us your people because we know that heaven is more real than this earth will ever be. That that which, is, that which can be shaken will be shaken. And there will come a day when that which cannot be shaken is all that will remain. So Lord, help us to live with the priorities. Help us to love what you love to invest in what you would invest in, our time and our treasures and our talents. And Lord, we want to praise you right now because all glory belongs to you, because you are God. You are the Lord of this moment. You are the Lord of eternity. You are the Lord of this earth. You are the Lord of this nation. Be the Lord of our family, the Lord of our lives. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven because we are aware, we're thinking always of your heaven. Through Christ we pray, amen. If you found something helpful, maybe you could share this video with a friend and then see what your friend thinks. Start a discussion and see maybe how God can use that. Until next time.